Luke, man, what a good conversation with Aaron. That was, that was kind of humbling for me just because, you know, what he does, I'm that person that he's targeting to. So that was super fun conversation towards the end there. We talked about ego. We talked about therapy. We talked about him starting, you know, his businesses and, you know, what's his drivers and things like that. And I just, I really love that conversation. I can't wait to go listen to it again. Aaron Aaron was the perfect first guest to have on the Dirtbags podcast. And, you know, he just encompasses that Dirtbag vibe. So um, he's got it going. You know, we had a great conversation and uh, let's dive into it. All right, guys, we are here. Episode one of the Dirtbags podcast. Uh, Luke and I are stoked to have our first ever guest on. We've got Aaron Witt. What's going on, man? Uh, Where in the country are you recording this from? I am at home, studio. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, hey. I uh, I'm happy happy to be home whenever I get the chance these days because it is uh, quite quite rare. Oh, what do you think? You're home for a couple days a month, or it seems like you're always traveling. Yeah, it wasn't. It was just a few nights at home in January. February's been a little bit better, but not not by much. So I'm here for a few days and then I leave again Wednesday morning. It's just about, just about every week right now. I was going to say, do you travel? Like it's probably the better question to ask. How many days don't you travel a month? I don't count because I think I'd just be sad about it. It's, it's, it's a good deal. I, I, I bitch about it because I like to complain, but I, it's, it's awesome. And it's why uh, largely why I'm at where I'm at because I've been able to see so much cool stuff so quickly. So it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm super, super grateful for it. Sure. What's been like, Luke, go ahead. Sorry. When did you, when did you guys close on the office space? I know I've been following you guys for a while, but when did you actually close on the building? Signed the lease fall of 2019 um, or like December of 2019 started construction last March finished up maybe September. So we've been in here since September right now it's February. So not super long. Um, but yeah, it was about three years in business before we got the office space. I just crashed coffee shops wherever the hell I was in the United States for three years, worked out of my apartment. Um, my girlfriend's house at the time, my parents' houses, it was just, it just kind of worked wherever the hell I was. And then three years down the road, moved to Nashville and figured, Hey, I think we need a, we need a dedicated space for the company for a few different reasons. So that's where we, when we settled down here and, and now we got this little spot here, pretty close to downtown Nashville. Did you have a team when you were jumping around or was the team, did the team come when you did get the, the building? Um, it, we, we had a little bit of a, a team, so it was like, I have bigger plans for our office space than just using it as office space. We're working on a, a separate project right now that should be a little bit bigger picture. Um, but it, it was to the point where, okay, we have a team now we got people running around. We need a place to meet. That's just dedicated to our business because doing the whole over the computer thing seven days a week is, is awesome. You can be really flexible. You can hire from wherever you want, but also it's not, it's, it's, it has significant drawbacks that I think are very much understated in today's virtual business world. That's cool. Um, I kind of have a question right off the bat, just shooting from like when you guys signed your lease and the team and everything, 
Aaron, when you were working, did you work at Kiwit or what was like your job? I, I, I remember you saying you were, uh, you were like the jumping jack guy. You were always um, backfilling pipe or you were counting the blasts. Are those two different companies or were those the same? Yeah, it was. So when I got into construction, I got a job at Pearson Construction Corporation and I just asked for a job. So the job they gave me was labor, of course, because that's that's the job available when you go work for a construction company doing pipe. Um, so I started out on a, on a pipe crew as a laborer for Pearson. The next year I went to work for a company called Markham as a laborer. And that's when I just lived on a jumping jack for a month backfilling water line. And then I got put with an awesome pipe crew, uh, a bunch of Mexican guys that were just the absolute, they were just animals. It was so much fun working with these guys. And I was the, the wero, the werito, the little white, white boy on the crew. That's what they would call me. And then, um, third summer, third year went to work for Skanska on the railroad because I was told that, Hey, it's cool. You're getting equipment experience. You're laboring, you're doing construction stuff, but you need to learn how to manage work and how the office side of projects come together. So reluctantly got a job as a field engineer with Skanska. They sent me out to the railroad. That was just incredibly miserable, but also very enlightening. Learned a lot that summer. And then uh, fourth year was with Kiwit doing drill and shoot up in Washington as an engineer, but also part-time laborer helping load every single shot we did. So I was the a, you know, powder monkey throwing bags of powder around and we didn't have a truck. We didn't have a powder truck. When, when you load, a, when you load big shots, typically you have a truck that has, that's full of info and it comes along and you have a hose and you put the hose into the hole and it fills the hole up with how much info you need. We didn't have that fancy stuff. We just had 50 pound bags of ammonium nitrate fuel oil. So I'd have to haul all those to each hole, load each hole and then stem each hole, which is basically filling up the hole to the top with gravel once you've loaded it with the explosives. And, uh, I just did that with basically a five gallon bucket. You just fill it up with rock, you pour it down the hole and you repeat until the hole is full. And it takes sometimes a lot of damn buckets of gravel to fill it up. So did that and then went to work in road construction after I graduated college. So it was a lot pretty quick. So you were really getting your workout in Jesus Christ. I used to do concrete and just the manual labor part. I remember when I was like 16, 17, I would work all day. We'd haul up these wall forms and then I'd be like, God, I got to hit the gym. But then I'd get to the gym. I'd be like, I have no energy left in me. Yeah. Um, but going from that, you know, obviously working that really, really manual labor job, you know, what was kind of like your light bulb moment to where I know you were doing stuff with, I build America right on the Instagram page. Um, yes. or was that different timing. Yeah, that was my last job before I started the company. So I went, I was working in road construction, Texas, HCSS, which had I Build America, found me. They hired me, moved to Houston, started working for a software company, did that for a few months. And then that's the last job I had before I started, started BuildWit. So what was like your light bulb moment to where you're like, I can do this by myself. This is, this is what I want to do. Like, what was there like an event that happened or were you just like, I'm doing this already. Why not do it for myself? There wasn't, um, I, at least for my experience, I light bulb moments have been a fallacy. There really hasn't been a light bulb moment ever in my life. It's you just, I don't know, you take one step and then you take another step and 
Uh, maybe it's a good step, maybe a step in shit, whatever it is. I don't know if I can swear or not, whatever Absolutely. the format yeah, of your guys' you're podcast is. It's the dirt bags. Um, so, so went to work at I Build America, and the way I, I like to put it is there were just differences between how I thought it should be run and how they wanted it to be run. Um, and I was just, I was in a very fortunate situation in which I could quit my job financially. And it, it just got to a point where I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it and it wasn't what I liked to do. And so I just said, Hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so I just quit. And it wasn't like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to draft my brilliant business plan on how I'm going to build a marketing business because that's the opportunity. It's like, no, I don't want to be here anymore. So I'm going to walk in to my boss's office and tell him, I am not going to be here anymore. I'm going to be done on Friday. That was it. Um, and the guy's office I walked into was Dan Briscoe, who now president of our company has basically helped me build the company from, from nothing. And we've, we've built it together. So, um, and, and, and he ran the marketing, the whole marketing function of HGSS for quite a while. Um, so that, that was it. It was, uh, I don't know. There was just differences. I just got to a point where, Hey, this isn't for me. So I quit. And that's what I tell people starting out or wanting to start something. I'm like, well, don't underappreciate putting yourself in a situation that forces you to figure shit out because amazingly enough, you're probably going to figure shit out when it's life or death. When you throw yourself in the deep end, you, you just got to figure it out. And so that was somewhat of the situation I put myself into. That's really interesting. I think, uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but Dan, he was like the first with you and you didn't know anything about websites. You had sold a website. You're like, Dan, I need help building the website. Wasn't that kind of how that went? Yeah. He, he left the company shortly after I did. And he went to go work for some other companies because he's you know, high level marketing executive and had, had, had done sales and former military. And he's had a, he's had a long, very successful career. Uh, so he was going to work for some other other companies after HCSS. And yeah, I got into that little bit of a pickle where I told someone I could build a website. I didn't know how to build a website. So Dan was my first call because you know he was the he was the marketing guy. He knew how to do marketing. I didn't know how to do marketing. Um, and he helped me out just on the side while he was working elsewhere. And he helped me out for probably the first year, year and a half. He, he came officially full time, maybe a year and a half or two into business. Um, but he's basically helped me on the side since day one. It, it, it's, he had a job for a while, but this was a lot more fun than what he was doing at his yeah. day job. So that's why he eventually came over here. Yeah. So there's two your... things that I got from that. Sorry, Luke. Um, fake it till you make it. And it's who, you know, not what, you know, kind of it's, um, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's like fake it till you make it. But I think that's also twisted to be disingenuine like Correct. you have to have really genuine intentions you have mm -hmm. to you have to act a little bit more capable than you really are or else you wouldn't get any work in the beginning um, but also intent has a smell which I like that's stuck with me since I spent time with echelon front this past summer and so if you're just faking it you're just some jive turkey that's trying to act bigger than you are with no real intention behind it people are going to pick up on that and it's going to reek like bullshit uh, but if you're really doing your best and you're really, and, and there is some of that, there is some of 
acting like you're more capable than you really are. But also I've done pretty well on the other side of things too, saying, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do my absolute best. I am going to go find people like you were talking about. It's important who you know. I'm going to go find people that, that do know what the hell they're doing. I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to make this work for you at the end of the day. And if it doesn't work at the end of the day, I'm going to start all over from scratch and I'm going to do it right a second time because I probably learned some lessons the first time. So you do, when you're starting a company, have to act more capable than you really are. But also there's so much value in saying, I honestly, I have no idea how to do that, but I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, I think Aaron, that's spot on because it really falls into your first point that you made. Um, and it's really about just taking that first step. And it's not that you're being disingenuous. It's just saying, Hey, I'm not going to be the one building your website. I'm just going to throw that out there, but I work with people or I'm going to find somebody that can do it right. And the good thing about me as the leader of this company is I'm transparent. I'll tell you how it is and I'll definitely make it right. You know, we're in the business of people and not transactions. So I definitely love that example too, of you got to get started. You can't craft up a 10 year business plan before taking your first step and even bringing on one client or one customer. So, um, is that, you know, your first customer you took on, tell me a little bit about that. Was it, did you sell them a website and like a social media fee or like, what was that first service that you sold? Um, very first company I started working with. So I went to lunch or dinner with Keaton Turner um, while I was working for HSS and we talked about storytelling, mining industry. He had just started this mining company. I was working at iBuild America. I was doing social media on the side and we just shot the, shot the shit for a while. Um, he, he came back to me and said, Hey, why don't you come work for us? And why don't you do what you're doing over there? But for us, and then not shortly after that, I left to go do it on my own. And so naturally he was my first call. And I said, Hey, I just quit. I'm doing this full time. Can you pay me some money to do it for you? And just give me whatever you got and let's go do this. Let's go blow your company up. Let's go make you guys look really good. Let's go change up the mining industry. Like you're wanting to do. I think we could do it together. So he was technically Turner Mining Group was technically our first project. Uh, Granite Rock was really early on. They flew me out to Monterey to go see their quarry. And I thought I was just, man, I, I thought I was the biggest deal in the world getting flown out by a company to go see this, this quarry and D11s and 992 loaders. It was just awesome. And then uh, Dylan Stevens with Rosso called me pretty quick as well. And uh, he flew me out to Nashville, Tennessee. I was actually just at his office yesterday. Flew me out to Nashville or Murfreesboro checked out some job sites, asked for a website. And then there we were, uh, there I was calling up Dan saying, I don't know how to do a website. Like I just talked about. Awesome. So I think those were the initial ones. It was really just, just grasping at straws or just throwing things yeah. at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, but I, at that point I'd already had a decent social media following. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was starting from zero. Yeah. For sure. And you know, what I think it's great about that story is that Luke and I, I mean, Luke is one of the, our first ever clients in April of 2020, you know, and same kind of thing. I, I just resonate so much with this and we weren't even niche down in the dirt world yet. Uh, so we were just real estate agency, a bakery, coffee shop, demolition company, whatever, we'll do it. And what's really cool now is that we are so focused and, you know, as of six months ago or so, and it's because of Luke and I's relationship of, 
how we're growing together. And like, you know, this isn't, I tell Luke and I tell all of our clients, we don't do magic tricks. We don't, you don't hire us on and we just automatically things blow up. And it's, it's more of a, we're, we build good marketing habits. And that's why we love this industry so much is that we see the value that, that you guys bring from BuildWit of, you know, you're trying to reform this industry and change this industry. And we're kind of just jumping on with you guys and like, Hey, there's a whole section of these excavation companies, one to 10 million in revenue that they don't have a digital marketing team and they don't want to hire in a full-time digital marketing staff. So it's, it's really cool to hear, you know, who you've started with from the beginning and just how you guys have really treated each other like human beings. And, you know, you guys don't know everything. They don't know everything, but let's work together and like figure this shit out and like, let's win together. Yeah. And uh, like everybody's been in that position before of just not knowing what the hell is going on. Um, and so if, if you're genuine about it and you just admit, I don't know what I'm doing, they are even more inclined to help you out because they can then relate to you and they can then relate and say, yeah, I've, dude, <laughs> man, have I been there too? And man, do I know how you're feeling? And they can empathize. And then that gives you a lot more flexibility to figure things out rather than just saying, I know everything and then screwing things up and then them being upset about it. We've had some of that too. I mean, I'm, yeah. we're definitely not perfect. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Aaron, how, how important is it off of that topic to, you know, niche down? I was thinking about it uh, yesterday, actually, and thinking about, okay, if Aaron Witt was a marketing agency for small businesses, you know, how important is it to niche down in an industry and become the expert and, you know, networking with these same people, going to these same trade shows rather than staying broad and kind of doing everything? Um. I'd never really created it like that. It's become pretty important to us, but I, I just, I started with the dirt world. I didn't start with marketing. I accidentally ended up with a marketing company. I had no intention of starting a marketing company. I'm not all that stoked on marketing. Honestly, I'm stoked on the dirt world. I fucking love the dirt world. I love the diesel, the smell of diesel and the smell of earth being moved and the sight of uh, like on my wall, I'm looking at a Hitachi 1200 overfilling the shit out of a 775 rock truck at a, a pit in Corona, California. Like, I just love that. Love telling those stories. So we just ended up with a business that told those stories. Um, and, and I've just, I've always stuck with that because that's, I, I don't know, I, I, I got, I got lucky and I, I figured out early on what I, what really gets me going and that's dirt. And I'm building companies that serve the dirt world. Um, so that's when, when someone else says, well, why don't you go do general contractors or residential construction or railroads or whatever it is? I'm like, yeah, we could do that. And it would probably work out really well. And we'd probably go make a ton of money, but that doesn't really get me going at the same time. So let's just stay here because we've got something good going. There's a lot of room to run. Let's stay focused. And so it's not necessarily, I don't know. I, I, there's so many different ways to do it. You can go serve everybody. You can go serve one industry. You can go serve two industries. I don't, I don't know enough to say this is the right way to do it. And I don't think there is a right way to do it. I just know that it's the right way to do it for me because I love this industry. We're on to something. The industry needs help. And I want to be the group to, to at least help accelerate the change in the, in the dirt world. Very cool. How did, again, kind of, hammering that down a little bit more how did you find that Aaron like 
how did you figure out there's such a need for that industry other than, you know, I'm sure you maybe saw it through, you know, previous jobs that you were at. And again, you always talk about the human piece, you know, people don't treat humans the best. So what, I mean, obviously you love the dirt world. What were you, were you just like, I just want to tell stories and see if something goes from there. Or you're like, Hey, this industry is so undercaptured. We're going to try to run with that. Oh, it's just, again, one step after another, everybody thinks it's this, it, like it, maybe it's been a light bulb moment for other people. It hasn't been for me. I, I give, we have onboarding. Um, and so every time someone's hired on, they have three days of onboarding before they start anywhere, no matter who they are at the company, they could be an executive, they could be an intern. They go through the exact same onboarding experience. Uh, one of the classes, the one I teach is on mission. And I, I basically explain how our mission came to be. And it's a long list and it's to illustrate that it's been an incremental process. So I started out, um, I, I borrowed money from my friend's dad for a fish tank and ended up working in, in Montana as a result. Okay, I got my ass beat. I started to see the world and sit there and say, huh, maybe I should choose something that I, that, that, that I find interesting to do as a job because I have that opportunity. Financially, I don't have this financial pressure on me right now. I don't have parents forcing me to be a doctor. I can go choose whatever I want to choose. So let's think through what gets me going. Well, I love every time I drive by a bulldozer, I think it's the coolest thing in the world. So why don't I call a construction company and ask for a job? I call a construction company. I ask for a job at Rich Pearson. He's, he's the owner of a construction company. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, I want to start a construction company because that sounds awesome. How the hell do I do that? Well, go study construction engineering. Well, go work for as many companies as you can while you're in school. Okay, cool. I can go do that. So I go do that while I'm in school. I listen to a podcast by Andy, you know, Andy Frisella talking about personal branding. And I'm thinking, huh, what's my unique story? Well, I'm this young kid. I'm going to all these job sites. I'm learning a lot. Why don't I start posting about that on the internet? Create this, this stupid page on Instagram called BuildWit that I just made up in, in, in college one day. Fantastic. I go to work in road construction. I'm going to go work for a few years. I'm going to go save up. I'm going to go buy a backhoe like you or whatever the hell you bought a skid steer for the first time. And I'm going to just give her hell. Awesome. Well, then HCSS calls me. Hey, we noticed you're telling these cool stories. Why don't you come to do it, do it for us too? Well, okay, great. I'll go tell, I, shoot, if I can go do this full time, why the hell not? And then, like I just explained, you, you, you know, go to HSS, doesn't work as planned, quit. Okay, I'm going to go tell stories. I like telling stories, but I want to go do it on my, on my way. Well, shit, now I need to go find some stories to tell. So now I need to go to LinkedIn and find some people like Dylan Stevens or Keaton to hit up and then Granite Rock. And then, okay, hey, now Dylan wants a website. So now I need to do websites and hey, I want video. So now I need to go build a marketing business. And that's just, see the, see the, the Steps, I don't yeah. know if you, I don't know if you wanted all that, but it, it no. went from, it went from, huh, I have a very unique opportunity. I can go do anything. Let's start with something that gets me going. And then I just took it from there. My favorite thing, and I'm not trying to switch the topics at all, but Luke, did you notice as Aaron was talking how passionate he was just about the whole process? I think that was my favorite part of the whole thing about just the actions and then your purpose and telling that story. I think that was super cool. Just well, show, It shows how passionate you are. And I love that. Luke, I noticed you were kind of smirking too. And I had a big smile on my yeah. face. So hopefully whoever's listening to this goes and watch that because that was pretty cool. Well, and that's where the, uh, like I talked about too, intent and, and 
if I wasn't super jazzed about this industry, I couldn't fake being jazzed about this industry. You can just pick up on, yeah, the guy's not bullshitting. He's actually stoked on it because I am stoked on it. So it's like, find what you're stoked on. And maybe it takes you decades. Like I said, I got super lucky and found it pretty damn quick. Sometimes it takes a long time. I don't know. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Aaron, I, uh, I was listening to your video. I think it was with Randy the other day and you guys were talking about, uh, different businesses scaling or not scaling and, you know, being comfortable with where they're at. Uh, I thought it was super interesting because I, you know, talked to a lot of businesses and not all of them want to go to the moon and, you know, scale their business like crazy. Um, what, what do you think is different between, you know, somebody, and obviously neither is right or wrong, but what is different between somebody who maybe is good with where they're at in their business and somebody who wants to scale it up or what have you kind of seen? I I just think first is like self-awareness. It's just super sexy to want to go scale the hell out of a company and go be the man, go be Mr. Elon Musk. And and sure it's, it's yeah. And it's ego. And like, rightly so, like we're all young males. So fuck. Yeah. I want to go, I want to go be the man. Like that's, it's just wired wired in us. Um, self-awareness I think is, is big to just understand. Like, do I really want to go scale a business? Do I really want to just operate like, like Randy, he scaled his business up to a certain size, but he was just staying where he was because they were doing very, 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 very well. And that's what they could do. Uh, and that's what they could do and stay very well without having to take additional risk. He was stoked with where they were. So they were a mid-sized business, but he wasn't going to go scale the hell out of that thing because he didn't want to take on the risk. They were making the money they wanted to make. They were employing the people they wanted to employ. They're building the projects they wanted to go build. So it doesn't, it's not that there's, okay, hey, you don't want to go scale a business. So you're just going to dig basements. If you want to go just dig basements, fantastic. Like a Devin Dyer, he's got it good, man. He's got it so good. He employs maybe 10 guys. They do all the biggest basements in Salt Lake City for all the wealthy folks up on the mountains. The basements they dig are just insane. And he's home with his family every day and living the life he wants to live. Or you can go grow a business up to a certain point like a Randy Blunt and then say, hey, this is really good. Let's kick it here. Or you can say, no, I just want to go send it to the moon because that's that's really what I want to go do. Like a Dylan Stevens, like he's going to go do with Rosso. Um, I guess like we're doing right now, it's just, um, like there's not right or wrong. It's, um, I don't know. It's just, again, what's right for you. What's, where, where are you at? What do you want? Figuring that out and then building a business that, that is tailored to that desire or being a part of building a business that's aligned with that. Because that's another point is I tell people, Honestly, the whole building a business thing isn't super sexy. Like, uh, you know, my brother comes into town. I'm like, sorry, Tyler, I'll, I'll hang out with you, but I'm not going to the bars. I'm not hanging out with people. I'm not dating right now. I'm still waking up same time, Saturday, Sunday. I'm still in the office Saturday, Sunday. Like, and, and it's not that, and I don't go tell people about that on the internet. Like, yeah, I'm just I'm fucking, I'm grinding on a Sunday. Here I am. I'm a business owner. I'm working. But that's just like the reality of just, you just have to do it at that point. Um, and it's just something that doesn't align with a lot of what people want. I don't know. I, I'm still trying to figure all this out, so I can't speak on it very well. 
I'm in the midst of it right now. Yeah. Aaron, I, um, as you're talking about that too, I was thinking about another question that we could kind of dive into that I was really curious about actually is, you know, you've got construction business dirt. What do you do outside of that? Like, obviously there's things that you like to do. Like, what are some of those things that you like to do when you're not at work or even just appreciating a dozer? Um, honestly, this is, this is it right now. I've gotten to a point where like, we just grew our business from 35 to over 70 people in two months. And, um, the business is getting much bigger and we're going to go take even bigger swings this year. And we are in full send mode right now. And I've just gotten to a point where I've sat down fully swallowed the bitter pill and I've just acknowledged I need to focus. I need to just get dialed in on this because I can't afford for my focus to be anywhere else right now. And so this is like, I've gotten it, I've gotten it dialed right now. (laughs) And, and, but the cool thing is, this is all I want to do. I'm having so much fun building this thing right now. And like, like, don't get me wrong. It's, it's, it's brutal some days, but I'm having so much fun right now. I just want to work. I just want to, I just want to do this. I just want to be with our people. I just want to solve problems. I just want to have conversations on, you know, challenging each other. I just want to be on job sites. I just want to be at our office. I just want to be a part of this, of this company. Cause I'm having so much damn fun. So there's not really anything else. Like, um, Yesterday I did some skid steer work, but that's still aligned with BuildWit. So I guess that's my one escape right now is getting in my machine once every six weeks when I have an extra day to do it and trying to do a little bit of work. But other than that, it's just travel, work. It, it just I'm just dialed in right now. Do you uh, do you guys have any merch for your original company with like that first logo? We need to get some. I was thinking about Dude, that this morning. Like yeah. some old school hats, you know, with the little the little wire thing. That'd be everybody. That'd be everybody awesome. loves it, and I'm still bitter at Chase Harris. <laughs> He's creative director for a company. He took he took that from me and made our new branding, which our new branding is like far beyond uh, just a lot more sophisticated, a lot more appropriate for where we're going. But everybody loves that stupid little dozer logo that I made on 99 Designs when I was a senior in college. Set the build with grading logo, right? <sighs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I put it <laughs> because, because I asked Chase and I asked Chase before I created build with excavating grading, I said, Chase, I need a build with excavating grading logo, or I'm going to make one myself. And he said, knock yourself out. I'm like, well, say no more. I'm going to knock myself out. So I made my own damn logo and he can't do anything about it. Well, I like it. I like it. I see you post like, obviously joking, but some people don't understand that you're joking with the whole grading and excavating build side of things. How, I mean, <laughs> I love the responses that you give on like TikTok where you're like, no, nope, I'm fucking terrible at service. I'm fucking terrible at what I give for my product, but I love what I do. And people are like, are you kidding? Why would you, why would you do that? I always get a kick at those. It's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all just one big joke. It, so I'm an idiot. And so messing with people is a ton of fun. Um, it's good for branding because everybody's talking about our skidster that looks like a Holstein cow because it's ridiculous. And it's amazing how many people care about my little, like how many 259 D3s are there? And yet they all care about mine. It's so it's working. And then three, I talked to Eric Jumper about this morning, doing just a little bit of work 
gives me, and I've done work before, but just like being out on your own as a quote unquote contractor, like there's no one, there's no form in there. There's no crew. There's nobody to save you. It's your machine. You're trying to go build some kind of work. It gives me a whole new appreciation and perspective to view the dirt world through. And it's, it's been really valuable. Like even something as simple as how, how much of a pain in the ass it is to chain a machine down on a trailer. You're like, so every time you move a machine, you have to chain the thing down and this is how you do it. This sucks. And just going through those kinds of, of motions and just even just a little fraction, like 1% of what a contractor does day to day gives me so much more appreciation for the dirt world. So it's, yes, it's a joke, but also it's been really, really valuable from a branding standpoint and from just a personal growth standpoint. For sure. So, well, obviously you get both appreciations. You, you know, you're talking to, you know, the people that kind of have set the bar on in the industry. And then, like you said, you're going out and kind of doing it on your own. So you, you see both sides, um, you know, into that a little bit. If so, I'm sure you get multiple questions on, oh, Aaron, how do I start my business? How do I start my business? But like, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in the sub side of work, you know? So if someone's like trying to get into that type of field and you're having these conversations with these bigger companies, you know, what's a good, how do the, how do these people get in the door? How do you kind of make that introduction to say, Hey, I do this type of work. If you guys don't do this, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to get on board with you guys and show you what I can do. You know, is there, is there any opportunity in that space? I look at it like if I were, if I started out a subcontractor, I think I've talked a little bit about this on our podcast. It's LinkedIn is crazy powerful. Um, You can find a lot of people on there and, and I would start talking about my work on LinkedIn. That's step one. I'd start documenting what the hell I do. I would go build a little potato website showing what I do. I'd be taking pictures of every job every single day. I'd be sharing about my jobs. I'd be sharing about my experiences. I'd be sharing about the GC I'm working for and how kick-ass they've been on this job. I've been, I'd be sharing about the other subcontractors as long as it was cool with them. I would be hitting up people on LinkedIn. Okay. Hey, who are the guys that I would be working for in Nashville, Tennessee? Who are the big GCs, for example, or who are the big contractors that sub this work out? Okay. I'm going to go be a silt fence contractor. Okay. So who needs silt fence? Who are those contractors? And then who are the bosses at those contractors? Who's the, the general manager, the vice president, the, the president, whoever it is, the, the equipment manager, start hitting them up. Hey, just so you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, and this is where a little bit of, of you want to be credible, but also honest. Hey, I just started up a, con, a, 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 you know, a company not too long ago. I'm, 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 I've been busting my ass. I'm having a lot of fun, but I'm always looking for new opportunities. So here's my website, check us out and, and let me know if I can ever help you out. Um, that's probably where I would start. And then don't underestimate just picking up the phone, calling people or yeah. going up to a job trailer and, and knocking on the door. Hey guys, what's going on? I saw like, just, just letting you guys know if you ever need silt fence, like I'm just a kid. I'm just a guy. I'm just some person started a company not too long ago. Like I said, I've been, you know, working hard, but always looking for new opportunities. If I can ever do anything for you guys, just give me a shout. Yep. Absolutely. No. Awesome points. I've yeah. Like you said, your LinkedIn is huge. And Luke actually turned me on the LinkedIn about a year ago and it's been a huge game changer. Um, but yeah, I, it's been a great tool. But as far as like 
you know, the conversations I feel like on those ends, because don't you have to be following each other on LinkedIn in order, or you have to have like a connection or something for that message to show up or connect or do they have uh, to show up? No. So, so what I did was, you know, while your, while your girlfriend or whoever's sitting there watching the bachelorette, you're sitting yeah. there on LinkedIn. Okay. Hey, um, I want to go be a subcontractor for Rosso. So I'm going to search Rosso and I'm going to start connect, connect. Here's a brief intro. Hey, my name's Aaron. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing silt fence now in the area. Um, I'm, I'm trying to connect with local contractors. If I can do anything for you, give me a shout, connect, 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 maybe 40% of them accept. Okay, cool. Now your connections are 40% greater in the, you know, in, in the market you want to go into. And then also you can go get, okay, for $50 a month, I can, or whatever it is, I can go get the LinkedIn premium and I can send messages to people. So now you can start targeting people even further and start reaching out to them and write custom messages to these people that go right to their inbox, even if you're not connected with them. Um, and then also, you know, if you're posting about it every day and now you're connected with a few of these guys, you go onto your news feed, you see posts from people that you're not connected to because other people have liked them that you have in common. So now you're still getting your work in front of these people that you're potentially not connected to. So there's three different ways that you can access people that you're not directly connected to very, very easily. Huge, huge. Yeah. Love it. And you can't just set up the automation, you know, and blast out um, automated messages to these people without posting content. And I still don't even do automated messages. And, um, no, you know, no one wants an automated message. Every time exactly. I get one, I'm like, ah, fuck you. Delete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you could have taken two seconds to just research my company and then reach out to me. And I guarantee I probably would have jumped on a call with you because I'm interested in helping people, people helping me just being in the business of people. So, but Aaron, I think you made a few really good points there. Uh, the LinkedIn algorithm right now is better than any other social media platform. In my opinion, uh, Facebook, Instagram, they're very saturated. Um, but LinkedIn right now, there's a lot of people watching. There's a lot of people wanting to do business. That's why they're on there. And there's yeah. not a lot of content producers. So if anyone's listening and you kind of wondering where you want to go, create a personal LinkedIn and create a business LinkedIn. If you own a business, it's not going to take off right away, but just get in that consistent rhythm of posting on there and just documenting what you do. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I've got kind of going back here. I've got one more question, Aaron. Um, you know, you talked about obviously how you love what you do and that's kind of your driver right now during like the tough times, like the early, earlier times, how did you stay so motivated? I know I struggle with it a lot to where I'm like, God, this day just fucking sucks. This happened, this happened, this happened. You're like, I just want to throw in the towel. What did you do to, you know, keep that motivation? Um, Other than the passion side of things, obviously, I mean, yeah. Like you had Step, step one, choose a career or go build something you genuinely believe in. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there is the higher purpose and the mission isn't just for selling people or for uh, employment. It's really, it's really for you first and foremost, because you, sh you need to show up and yeah, the days are going to be long and it's going to be pretty harsh, but you know why you're doing it beyond, well, I'll make some money one day. It's, it's the, the mission. So the mission's one Two, um, just, I don't think people talk about this enough. I keep myself very physically healthy and very emotionally healthy. 
gives you a massive advantage. I work out seven, I've worked out seven days a week for three, almost four years now. I have not missed a day where I haven't worked out. I eat very well. I drink lots of water. I sleep very well at night. I go to therapy every other week. I'm just dialed in from an emotional, physical standpoint. So I can just tolerate more than most. And then, and then three, I've somewhat had to rewire my brain and something like 75 hard has very much helped with this to really like the misery. Like, yes, this sucks. Let's get it. Like the Saudi trip we just went on was so brutal. We just got the shit kicked out of us. It was in a seven day period, 120 hours of just travel, not work, not sleep, just travel. It was gnarly, but I was, I was like, I was just licking my chops before that, that trip because I knew it was going to be gnarly. And it's like, yes, this is what we do. This is what we're, this is like Angel and I were like, yeah, this is what we've been training for, for years. Like we're ready to get it. And, um, that's the kind of stuff that you need to learn to, to love because it's never going to go away. And that's the kind of stuff that differentiates you from other people as well. That's that to feed that competitive part, part of you. It's like, yeah, Hey, this other people aren't willing to do this shit. This sucks, but here I am. We're here making it happen. So I think those are the three things I've done is um, kind of rewiring myself through 75 hard or something like that to really enjoy the, the, the tough things because that's part of the process having that higher purpose and then getting myself just physically, mentally, emotionally dialed in so that I can just tolerate more. Absolutely. Luke, remember Mr. Elliot always used to say, embrace the suck. And I yeah. did. And I hated when he would say that at the time, but definitely makes it. Mr. Elliot was Luke and I used to wrestle back in high school. And I remember that would just kill you, you know, physically and emotionally, but he'd always say, embrace the suck. So you know, some correlation there is, you know, always kind of wanting more and more and more, but I think, uh, Aaron, I think that description you just gave is like the perfect definition of a dirt bag. And I mean, that's why we're here, man. It, uh, I think it's hilarious just because it's kind of a joke, but then at the same time, like, it's not really like we, we like to have fun. We like to play in the dirt and we like to do big things too. And, you know, we're Luke and I are still nailing down that definition, but Honestly, I think you've been a great first guest. Like, thank you for taking time out of your day to be on this podcast and to just, you know, bring more of this out there. You know, we want to bring more content, more information and more resources to people that are in the dirt world because um, Luke and I have a passion for it. And it's clear that uh, you do as well, Aaron. So uh, kind of as we wrap up here, um, actually, before we wrap up, Luke, I know you wanted to talk about ego because that's been huge. Um, what or Luke, I'll just let you jump into to that topic because you and I have been talking about it. Yeah, honestly, my it's kind of you kind of answered it a little bit, Aaron. But how do you keep your ego in check? Like, how do you? Obviously, you have build width on the side of the building. When you look at that, you're like, "Fuck, that's my name right there. I'm the man." Like, fucking fuck with me. Like, I I think I struggle with it too. But everyone has a huge ego. How do you how do you control yours? Is that part of you know the the mental toughness that you have developed through your working out, your eating habits, things like that. Or is it more so, you know, like you had said that higher purpose to where I'm, you know, that purpose is so much greater than I am. And that's where I kind of have to ground myself. Um, I, um, so I, 
funny enough, and this is not going to be super relatable, but I actually, I got to talk to Jocko about this last summer. And, um, I, I, I wasn't self, I, I think you, you kind of have two types of people. You have people that are just naturally like, they're just the big ego and you need yeah. to dial them back a little bit. And you know, this managing people, you have to dial them back a little bit. And then there's other people that you have to build up and they don't naturally have that confidence. I, I'm actually, I don't actually naturally, I'm not actually naturally confident. I've had to, I've had to build myself up. So I, 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 I struggle more. Like I need to, I need to add, add a little bit of ego rather than take it away a lot of times. And I'll make jokes about me being the man and this and that, and people yeah. can misconstrue that into me just being a, a dick. And sometimes, yeah, sure. I can be, I can have an ego, but, um, I've actually been on the other side of the spectrum where I've had to build myself up and build that confidence, which is where that just showing up every day comes in, which is where dealing with the the nonsense comes in consistently, which is where working out every day and the discipline that takes comes into play to build everything I can up so that I have the confidence to go, go deliver. Mm -hmm. Um, But also uh, I guess to control ego a little bit, again, going back higher purpose, like, Hey, this isn't uh, build what's mission is to go make Aaron Witt the man. Build what's mission isn't to go make Aaron Witt rich. It's to go make the dirt world a better place. I'm a part of that. Um, and just uh, just reminding yourself, like, this is why you're here, not to go serve yourself, I think is super, super helpful. Absolutely. No, definitely hit it on the head there. Uh, and I didn't mean to. I wasn't assuming that you had a big ego. Just, no, I just think uh, it's like, like, I thought that's where I was until nine months ago it just takes self-awareness you have to really audit okay who the hell are you how are you how are like what are your natural gifts abilities what was your upbringing like how are you wired because sure you have some natural gifts and abilities you're working with sure you have some probably some great things that happened in your childhood some terrible things that happened in your childhood childhood that you still carry with you today how does all that come together into who you are and then the more you understand who you are the more you can tailor your actions and build your life accordingly so that you're not being dictated to by past experiences or emotions or whatever it is, you can be a hell of a lot more productive. How did you, how did you find those things? Was it, you know, again, speaking, asking personally here, how did you kind of do like a self audit? Was it through the therapy? Was it through just kind of, you know, almost, um, I can't think of the word right now, but like reflection, just like self-reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Self, self-reflection, creating just dead time. Like uh, in a few weeks, I'm going to Savannah, Georgia to just think. So I'm just going to walk around Savannah for five days and just think. You have to create that space yeah. to even reflect in the first place. You have to go. Uh, therapy has been enormously valuable. Having a, an outside perspective on on your life that totally unbiased. That's not family. That's not friend. That's not coworker. That's just someone completely. And that actually is clinically in, in, in from a educational background. Uh, equipped to guide you through that um, is, is super valuable. It's um, uh, podcasts, it's reading books, it's having difficult conversations. It's okay. Hey, I've always voted X. Why? What's my reasoning for that? Huh? That's interesting. I've never even questioned how I voted because that's just how my parents voted. So that's how I vote now. It's like, a lot of that, it all comes together into, okay, wow, this is actually, I'm starting to figure myself out a little bit better. 
Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you for that. That, I mean, that obviously kind of hits home too. Cause one, I always used to think therapy was for the birds. I'm like, God, if you go talk to somebody, you're kind of soft and you know, no offense on that, but I, I would absolutely go just to try to figure that stuff, you know, that stuff out myself as well. So oh, maybe, very, maybe, and, and maybe it does make you soft. Okay. Uh, like yeah. as someone's like, wow, you're, you go to therapy, you're soft. I'm like, check. Cool. Yeah. Great. I'm, I guess I'm, so, I guess I'm soft. Yeah. yeah. I, I, because I guess it's like, like I'm self-confident enough to know that it's mm-hmm. doing me such so much benefit that, okay, who gives a shit what you think about me going to therapy? Like it's giving me such an advantage and clearly you need it more than, more than I do right now, yeah. but you're just going to go live the life that you're living. That probably isn't very aligned with where you want to go. And I'm going to go over here and actually going to go, I'm actually going to go do it. I'm actually going to go do it according to what I want to go do because I'm now no longer controlled by those emotions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. I Aaron, love it. You're, you're dialed in, man. Uh, like Luke and I are so pumped to be a part of this journey as well. You know, we, that's the unique thing about this industry is we don't see competition between all of us. It's like, we're, we're all in this together. So um, definitely appreciate you being on the show. I'm um, kind of, as we wrap up here, what's the best way for people listening to um, either follow along with what you're doing, some of your podcast stuff, you know, the app, what's the best way for people to kind of get in touch with you guys? Um, yeah. Build with on any kinds of social media, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Dirt Talk podcast. Yeah. That's starting to really grow, which is pretty cool. And then uh, the BuildWit app now. You can search BuildWit and uh, we're, we're there and it's actually pretty, pretty damn slick. Yeah. What can you tell us a little bit about the app? I've seen you on everything else, but I haven't, I haven't dove into the app yet. So we put together this thing called Build It Leaders to start educating people on leadership and other things in the dirt world uh, last summer. People asked, can I do different things with it? And, and the reality was we are constrained by the platform we used to put the content out into the world. So we were like, well, why don't we just go create our own platform? So we created our own app to house all of the Build It Leaders content. So it's somebody like Jocko talking about leadership applied to the dirt world. It's all completely for free. You just download the Build It app, you make an account, and there you go. You can learn how to lead more effectively. And this is the very first course on leadership is everybody's a leader, regardless of if you're a laborer, if you're a foreman, if you're a superintendent, you're an estimator, you're all leaders at the end of the day. So there's that. We have the Dirt Talk podcast on there. And then we have the Build It vlog um, as well. So it's all Build It content and then all of our leaders content in one place, all completely for free and no ads, no nonsense. We're not, we're not smart enough to monetize it quite yet. So while it's pure, I would go and enjoy it because it's, it's really yeah. good stuff and it's helped me advance my life in, in incredible ways. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there it is. I mean, go check out the app and, you know, definitely give, you know, build with and Aaron a follow on Instagram if you're not already. And Aaron, thanks again so much, man, for being on the first episode of the dirt bags podcast. Um, it's a, been a pleasure talking to you, having you on, and uh, we just are wishing you all the best, man. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. Thanks Aaron. Appreciate it.